Welcome to the Oakcrest podcast channel. Oakcrest School in Vienna, Virginia challenges girls in grades 6 to 12 to develop character, faith, and leadership potential to thrive in college and throughout their lives. In this podcast, head of school Dr. Mary T. Ortiz speaks to the value and virtue of friendship and its critical importance in a life lived to its fullness. Today's topic is friendship. And I'm just going to jump in with a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, who wrote, uh, a friend may well be reckoned as uh, a masterpiece of nature. What a, what a great statement. Um, so I think it helps us to contemplate the critical importance of friendship in a life lived to the full. It's always good to remind ourselves that um, you know it is such a great friendship is such a great good, and that it's worth um, all the sacrifice, the time, the effort, et cetera, that any great good um, asks of us. And I want to just encourage you, as the um, start of the at the start of this, to to always keep some work about friendship um, on your coffee table or your your night table. I would better said. Something that is either directly about friendship um, or the virtues that make up a good friend, things like that. You know, sermons, um, on a, like a sermon on a friendship, a classic one, or um, something that, again, that's about virtues that really help in um, helping us be a good friend. I, you all know that I love the uh, Four Cardinal Virtues by Joseph Pieper. Um, there can be any, any sort of thing, but it's really important and really helpful for us to feed our interior world with the good, the true, and the beautiful, right? So we can foster it in our daily lives, um, be lifted up by, by the reality, um, again, of, of good, the good, the true, and the beautiful, and certainly friendship is part of this. Um, the prelate of Opus Dei, Don Fernando Ocaris, wrote a lovely letter, more than lovely, um, a very wonderful letter on friendship in 2019. And here are some points from it. He wrote, Jesus Christ, a perfect man, lived out fully the human value of friendship. Friendship is a very rich human reality. It has an incalculable social value since it fosters harmony among family members and the creation of social environments more worthy of the human person. True friendship is a value in itself. It is not a means or an instrument for gaining any social advantage. It has an intrinsic value. Friendship multiplies our joys and offers comfort in our sorrows. And then he also wrote, our personal happiness does not depend on the successes we achieve, but rather on the love we receive and the love we give. And we know so much of that love is within the context of friendship. So each of these um, statements I just read, you know, really could be, could be developed um, very deeply. They're, they're all so powerful. I'm going to try to draw on some of them as we go forward. My favorite, I would say, definition of friendship or the one that I find very useful um, is something that John Paul II said. Uh, he said it's, friendship is a form of love that's directed, it's in two, it, goes, it goes in two directions, and it seeks the true good of the other person. It's a love that produces union and happiness. So I want to just focus on that. I mean, 
it's a great um, definition. It really helps to keep this in mind often as we ask ourselves, you know, at different, different times, you know, is this friendship, is it fostering the true good of the other person? Uh, is it bringing out my own? Is it bringing me? Is it making me better uh, in, in, a, in a true way, a deep way, um, not just in like a utilitarian way? Uh, is it making the other person better? Do I always keep together love and truth? Um, these, I think it's a very helpful. Again, friendship seeks the true good of the other person. Friendship, we know it describes many relationships. Friendship between spouses, among siblings, between parents and children, colleagues, etc. But today I'm just going to look at friendship between peers of the same sex. So I'm really now rooted in in Oakrest and the girls, the girls' experience. And um, so I'm going to give you three points that I'm, I'm actually drawing from this letter of 2019 from the prelate of Opus Dei. Uh, the first one is this. He says, love means seeing and affirming others just as they are, with their problems, their defects, their personal history, their social surroundings, and their own times for drawing close to Jesus. Hence, to build a true friendship, we need to develop the capacity to look at other people with affection to the point where we see them with the eyes of Christ. We need to cleanse our way of looking of any prejudice, learn to discover the good in each person, and renounce the desire to remake them in our own image. For friends to receive our affection, they don't need to fulfill any conditions. As Christians, we see each person above all as someone loved by God. Each person is unique, as is each relationship of friendship. So I wanted to hone in on that uh, point here of um, learn to discover the good in each person and renounce the desire to make them in our own image. Um, fascinating and true, and and um, I think we all sort of say, oh my goodness, I, you know, I see myself doing that. Um, and we could pray for a while about these points. But anyway, the point is discover the good. Um, I think in some ways, in, in, the big, in a big way, it's letting God be God. You know, I, I'm not in charge. Uh, I, I'm not the measure of things. I'm not in charge. I'm not in control, you know, of other, other people setting the standards, whatnot. Um, I really want to step back and, again, to quote the prelate again, see see people um, with the eyes of Christ, see them, see the good that's in them, even if it's different, or maybe even especially when it's different than my own opinion of the good. Um, you know, this does not mean accepting something in others that's contrary to their true good. Of course, there are things that we need um, to help other people with. I mean depending upon our relationship, we have responsibilities here um, to correct what needs to be corrected, uh, et cetera, of course. But looking at that sort of general area or gray area, this is not anything that's contrary to the true good of the person. It's just different. And again, it, and it may not be to my liking um, or it's not my style or my taste. I mean, we're in that sort of area. I think one thing that helps with this, um, having kind of gaining this stance, certainly is reflection. I mean, prayer for sure, but it's reflection as opposed to reaction, right? Um, and we, we need to step back 
and really try to look at the person, um, again, you know, as much as possible through the eyes of, of God. Um, I think it's, I heard something once that I always found helpful. Um, I think it was in a meditation at one point, a priest said, um, you know, more or less our ego makes us think that what we are good at is the most important thing in life. And I just love that. I mean, what, what comes naturally, you know, it's, it's just a funny thing. It's, you know, maybe what comes naturally to, to me, I tend, I tend to, um, you know, elevate its importance. I tend to, I tend to rate it very high. Um, when it may not, it may be a good thing and, but it, it may not be the gold standard. Um, there's a lot of our, of ego in there. So to be aware of that, to watch out, um, our criteria, criteria is, is not the measure. It's not always even spot on. It's not that it's bad necessarily, but the, what is the criteria? It's, you know, Christ, Christ is the measure. Um, again, the true good is the measure. So I think this is, there's a lot that we could be talked about here. One thing is, um, the girls, now I'm in the school, the girls, see the way we live. We say here, I always say we live our lives at least Monday through Friday. We live them in front of the girls. They see how we are. They see the way we, we try to see the good in others, uh, to make excuses for them, to give them room to be themselves, to appreciate, um, the sort of faults and foibles, maybe I mean, the small things, the quirks, um, we, we intentionally, seek to, to enjoy that, to enjoy the good in others. Um, and again, give them room to be themselves, to develop, to grow. We, we can encourage that. We do encourage that. And I think the way we talk to the girls, I'm certainly parents, you know, how for, you could say how fortunate you are to know girls who are not like you exactly, you know, who are, who are different, who have different interests. Um, that's so good. That makes life much more interesting. Um, you're going to learn a lot through that. I mean, think of all the ways you're going to learn so much through that. It's, it's great. So this is a big, we're trying to make that big turn here, essentially saying, you know, it's not all about you. We want to help the girls, um, and our, I mean, obviously ourselves to be other centered again, not making ourselves the center of the universe. Um, I eat lunch, usually I try to eat lunch with the seniors. I usually try to do it in the fall, but sometimes it's later in groups of threes or fours, and it's just such an enjoyable thing for me. And I love talking to them about lots of things, their insights, how things are going. But I often hear from them that things along this line that, you know, how they've really learned to come to appreciate their classmates. You know, they've been here, some of them seven years, whatever, four or five, however long, and they will talk in a very wonderful way about... um, learning to appreciate, again, the quirks of their classmates and the funny things and the things that maybe drove them crazy when they were in 10th grade or whatever, and how also their classmates have learned to, you know, appreciate them. This just beautiful um, maturity that's it's really coming through, loving the uniqueness of each other and appreciating it. And this always, I, I really value this, a small school, they'll say, gosh, you know, we're kind of, quote, forced to deal with our classmates, and we're in small classes. We can't just ignore someone or 
several people. Sooner or later, we, we have to grapple uh, with, with, with each other. And I think, gosh, this is such a great school. This is, the sc- this is a school. This is a school of friendship. In a similar way to the family, is a school of friendship. Um, you know, we know in a family we didn't choose our siblings. Um, God gave them to us, and the challenge and the adventure is um, learning to love them deeply and truly, and which includes learning to love things about them that are, again, maybe not to our taste or et cetera, but and, and how we grow, that grows our heart. Very important. Um, I like to call this a polishing um, it's like polishing that that happens in um, in an environment that's very intentional about growth and virtue. Um, so that's something that I wanted to share with you. A mother some years ago um, wrote a beautiful piece about the importance of the mass at Ocrust and what it really means for the formation of the girls. And um, I just want to read you one part because it is about this kind of polishing that goes on. She wrote, um, every day, Ocrest students and staff members have the opportunity to unite themselves and their sacrifices, small and large, with the sacrifice of the mass. Without a doubt, a spirit of self-sacrifice animates nearly every activity that takes place at Ocrest. Following the lead of Ocrest teachers and staff, the students try to work hard and maintain a positive attitude, even when they are disappointed by the results. They struggle against jealousy over the gifts and successes of others. They make efforts to apologize when their behavior has been hurtful. The girls strive not to retaliate when a classmate they like may not return their affection, when someone else gets a coveted part in the play or prized position on the team, when another girl receives attention from a favorite teacher or wins a contest. An Ocrest girl learns to sacrifice some things that she wants for the good of someone else. And each time she does, she becomes a little more like the one she sees and receives at Mass. So you can see this kind of polishing, um, this kind of renouncing the desire to make others, um, you know, sort of dance to my tune, if you will, um, to give me the affection that I always want or that I, you know or to get the coveted part in the play, all these kinds of things, which are completely normal and natural, and there's nothing wrong with them. But again, learning um, to to see the good in others, to want the good for them, to celebrate that, even at, at cost sometimes to ourselves. Um, and I, I just I love the fact that the way she ties that into um, the beautiful centrality of the Mass here the example of the of the adults around them, et cetera, what the girls are experiencing in this school of friendship. The second point um, that's made that I thought was really very nice is this. It says, the environment of friendship, which each of us is called to carry with us, is the fruit of many efforts to make life pleasant for others, growing in cordiality, joyfulness, patience, optimism, refinement, and in all the virtues that make living with others agreeable is important for helping people to feel welcomed and to be happy. A pleasant voice multiplies friends and a gracious tongue multiplies courtesies. And that's from Sirach. The struggle to improve our own character is a necessary condition for facilitating relationships of friendship. 
some things here that I think are very beautiful, this struggle to improve our, our own character. Um, I like to say, um, you know, we all want to find friends, and certainly in the growing up years, it has kind of an, sometimes more of an urgency to it, but I mean, as we may know this, the, the best way to find a friend is to strive to be a good friend yourself. So this, like, working on your own character, um, which does include working on these small things. And they're, they're really very small things, and but they do require effort. Um, and I, I also like to tell the girls sometimes, I, I'd like to think of you, I'd like, I like this idea that you are people who extend the hand of friendship to others. And that can be done in very, it is done in small ways. Um, saying hi to somebody in the hallway Asking someone, you know, how was your weekend? And mom was just talking about these little things this morning, you know, good luck in the play. Um, you're going to do a little supportive thing. You're, I'm sure you're going to do great. Um, little little kindnesses that show, you know, I'm thinking about you. You know, very small things. Offering a seat to someone. Um, I like to say, you know, I'd like you to be the, the girl in the room who sees that someone who's just kind of standing alone, that you're the one that goes over and introduces yourself. These are small things. This is what it is to carry around with us, as it says here, an environment of friendship with me. I carry this with me. This is who I am. Um, and I, I think this is happening, again, it's just happening all the time in small ways. Um, and the little things we know are the key to the big things, right? Nobody becomes a great friend, you know, overnight. It's it's a sum total in some way of working on these little things. Um, I guess to get to that, ma friendship is a masterpiece of nature. To get to a masterpiece, you need a lot of um, first drafts along the way. So I think these are really key. Um, I love learning learning from other cultures, you can learn um, certain cultures, like the birthday girl gives presents. It doesn't mean elaborate, but she's the one who's reaching out. And I just like that's so lovely, so generous, and so um, so neat. On this line, I I'm going to reference an article that um, was in the Atlantic in 2014. It's called Masters of Love, and uh, I just really like this article. It's it's about marriage and successful marriages what makes successful marriages. And um, it's just a, it's a short article, but some really nice and I think helpful insights. And um, the sociologists or psychologists that did a, did a study on couples um, had this to say. They're talking about, they call masters, are the people who are have kind of mastered the art of, I would say, small acts of kindness and generosity, which really are acts of self-giving. They're called masters. People who have kind of work in that way are called masters of love. Unfortunately, the others that are not working in that are called disasters. But anyway, the, the um, psychologists have this to say, or sociologists, I don't remember, said there's a habit of mind that the masters have, which is this. They're scanning social environments for things they can appreciate and say thank you for. They're building this culture of respect and appreciation very purposely. I said, on, in contrast, disasters are scanning the social environment for, in this case, partners' mistakes. And the the partner is actually the wife of the 
the man I just quoted, she said, it's not just scanning in the environment, it's not just scanning environment, it's scanning the person, the partner, for what the partner is doing right, or scanning him for what he's doing wrong, and criticizing versus respecting him and expressing appreciation. And it's just found this very, very interesting, very important and very helpful, um, never underestimating um, that's this, the, cho- the small choices that we make to be kind, to be generous in ordinary life. And this ties into uh, this point from the letter that I was reading, I am reading from. That again, it says, friendship has an incalculable social value since it fosters harmony among family members and the creation of social environments more worthy of the human person. I think that's, I love that. It's incalculable social value. So I love to think reforming the girls, you know, with their parents in this school of friendship, you could say, that's the home primarily, but also the school, helping your daughter be prepared, like to be shaped, um, to be that kind of a person who's intentionally um, kind, who's intentionally generous, who is practicing these, quote, small virtues that actually are very, very important, right? Um, And we love to look ahead. We're always thinking about how is this going to help this young person, um, you know, her freshman year in college. We all, many of us, I'm sure, remember meeting that roommate. I met two and from pretty different backgrounds and thinking, okay, you know, here we go. Um, You're drawing on everything that you've you've had up to that point to sort of, you know, make this new living arrangement um, work. And, you know, that's one thing, um, helping this thinking, how is she going to work on a team, whether that's a sports team or a work team, you know, et cetera, leading, how is thinking about the, you know, marriage, vocation, um, all of these things are helping. We want to help the girls be really, um, you know, shaped and formed in these years, knowing that um, this work now really is so formative and has such long-lasting effects. A little personal note here, as many of you know, my mother just passed away um, October 23rd, and I've been just so grateful for all the prayers and love and support from so many, many people in this community. It's it's really overwhelming in a, in a great way. Um, and but we're, there are five kids in my family. I'm the youngest. And of course, we had to sit down with the funeral director and all five of us. And he was uh, training a young woman to either be a partner in the, in the business or take over. He never really said that. I think it's probably a partner. But at one point, he said to her, Rachel, I, I just want you to let you know this, you know, this is an example like this these siblings, this is really, you know, impressive. You all work together really well. And um, I think that was just, I mean, I really thought that was fun and funny. We had pre-meetings, we had our moments, whatever, but we we do work together well. I think that is largely, of course, my, my parents, it's my parents' work. Um, it's also, too, and I think about it, the other great examples we've seen in our life, the great teachers that I think if we we sat down and said, where did we all, where did we get this? Foundationally and primarily it's from my parents, but it's also from great teachers, great mentors, um, 
that we've we've been blessed with along the way that have really helped us. Um, and again, through through helping us with our strengths, but also helping us with you know correcting things that needed to be set straight, so that we could um, we really could work as a team. We really can work as a team, and the great joy that comes from that. So my last point um, is really about also from the letter, and it really comes down to this idea. I won't quote it directly, but of learning to share what should be shared in in the proper way, in the proper relationship. It says in all of our relationships, um, it says there's not the same sharing of one's own intimacy with all of one's friends, right? There's an appropriateness. He said um, there's a shared inner space which is specific to each particular relationship, and again, the differences between the friendship between a husband and a wife, between parents and children, between siblings or coworkers, these are not identical. And what it brings to mind really is helping the girls and all of us learn that what's appropriate to share and what isn't and with whom. Some of this is working on what we all now call boundaries for sure. Um, it's a process and it involves maturity, prudence, good judgment, lots of things that, of course, young people don't have. They have to, they have to acquire, they have to learn. And we do as well, adults, all, all throughout our life. Um, but what it really brought to mind too is that, as I've said before, there are going to be ups and downs. Um, the girls are going to have disappointments. Maybe when they've shared something with the wrong person or someone didn't keep a confidence or whatever. I think my main my main point here is to take advantage of that as as their parents as the adults in their life to help them see a great truth a shining great truth that um, friends as important as they are and they are the great friend and the um, always faithful always loyal friend is is God is is in this case is Christ is God God is the is the the best friend and the true friend. And sometimes we learn that through the path of disappointment, frankly, or, or, or suffering um, in some way. Um, so we don't want to stay at the emotional level of like, yes, that was a real disappointment. I mean, we have to recognize that for sure. And and even at a, when it's right, share our own stories of when we've been, you know, we've had to, we've learned a hard, we've had to learn a hard lesson perhaps and how, how we've grown, but that it is tough. It can be very tough. Um, but again, where do we go with it? That disappointment, that misfire, um, to see the golden opportunity there that's there, especially in the formative years, to see, well, you know, this is a, a moment to realize, to bring your, bring your heart to God. You know, we have a chapel here, and to you know, maybe this is the beginning that the beginning of their interior life when they're going to begin to pray, um, and to realize that's the heart, the God's heart, Christ's heart is the heart that um, is the most important one, and that I need to form myself after. I need to ask for that heart, and again, the excitement there is the closer they are to to God and that friend, the better friend that they will be to others, which is very exciting. It's not an end. It's really a beginning of the best friendships ever. So it's, it's a path, um, and I think it's worth um, thinking about and considering very much. 
so to conclude, I think it's great. We're all in this together. Um, Ocrest is a family business. We're all engaged in helping the girls um, in all areas, but certainly this one of friendship. I love the fact that we have a very strong and beautiful, rich faculty culture where we genuinely care for each other, and the girls absolutely know that. Um, you can just tell, and we'll bring it out at different moments. Um, the girls know that, and that's we're practitioners. We're not just you know speaking from on high by any means in this effort to see the good, you know, all of these things. And then we do along this path again, we improve with experience to always keep that optimistic approach, um, learning to accept our own limitations, those of others, to trust more in God. You know, this is improvement. This is the road to wisdom, and we're we're hopefully all we're all on that. We help the girls by having friends ourselves. So you could that's a great thing, you know, to I know girls have said that, especially older girls, but they their parents have friends. Do you have friends? Do you nourish that part of your life, you know, as an individual or as a couple or both and both, I would say. It's so great when your your children see that you make time for a friend um, to invite another. You're, you're seeking uh, friendship among the families in the school. So good. And we know it's, it's sometimes it's a big challenge. We are all very, very busy, but what a great lesson. And it does go in that you make time for friends. And then letting the girls be in the last is letting them be in the driver's seat more and more. Um, this is my classic. Don't try to tamper that desire to get in and solve the friendship problems of the girls that are naturally going to come up. Um, one mom just told me this morning, um, she said, you know, she kind of advises her daughter, well, if you're having trouble with someone, um, let's just like say a prayer, say a little prayer for, for her. And she was telling me how it helps calm the situation down. But it's true that the other person might actually be having some difficulties. And that's what's going on. So giving them that gift of prayer is very, very helpful. But again, you're, you want to stay at a high level. So maybe listening, encourage the girls to, you know, go to a mentor, go to a trusted teacher, um, giving a lot of positive coaching, such as like, I know, I know you can work this out. Um, you know, whatever. Thank you for telling me. Let's talk about some strategies. Let me hear this out. But ultimately giving them the confidence that they have all the tools they need to work it out um, and to grow through it and that we, we grow through challenge that is absolutely true. Um, and again, just remembering those seniors, how they, they're, they're little, they're squabbles, big or small. As they're finishing up here, these become the sources of a lot of laughter, self-knowledge, just good times. And they remember um, some of these things that weren't easy at the time, but they see them more with, uh, with greater perspective, which in part they got from their parents and their teachers and their mentors. And they're, they're, they're better for it. So thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Oakcrest School. To subscribe to our podcast channel, visit oakcrest.org.